Welcome to the Hellheim Podcast. I'm Joshua Skirtu, and with me today is Jessica Matthews. Uh, she has been telling stories since before she knew how to write. Jessica has always loved creating new worlds. Her father would write down all of the stories she told him and read the stories they made up together at bedtime. Jessica continues the tradition of making up stories by writing picture books. Her debut picture book, The Old Man and the Pirate Princess, was created for her niece and her nephew when they were born to help welcome them into this world. Hi, Jessica. Hi. And you also have, so like I always ask people, like if you have anything like a PhD or MD to put at the end of your mm -hmm. name, you have three. Well. Sort of. Sort of. So I have um, two MAs, Master of Arts and one MS, Master of Science. I have three master's degrees. Three master's But degrees. I don't put letters after my name anymore. No. Uh, I used to collect letters after my name. I mm -hmm. was... Um, Jessica Matthews, M A M S, uh, L P C L C C. I had lots and lots of yeah. letters, and uh, I decided to stop collecting letters a no few more letters. years ago. Yeah. It was really stressful. That's too many letters to keep track <laughs> and, of. Yes, and it's a lot to uh, when you have to sign your name uh, yeah. every time and put all of the letters there. I'm did you put any just, on your books? I did not, no. Okay. So the uh, letters went away before the books. I dis well, the LPC, I no longer have a license in professional counseling. I let that uh, expire. But uh, the other ones I could put there, but I, you don't need them for kids' books. Unless you're no. writing a kid's book specifically about a topic in counseling, mm -hmm. you, don't you don't need, need any no. of that. The kids do not care. No, kids don't know what the LPC, yeah. MFT, all that stuff means. No. Yeah, so I, I don't put any of those. It's a lot more writing. So you have, how many books have you written so far? So I have Four children's picture books and one adult novel. So what are the picture books? The picture books are Sparkle. Sparkle. I, which you on. may have talked I, about before. I know that one. <laughs> so I actually bought that one and my daughter loved it. I've actually read it over probably 30 to 50 times. Yes. Yeah. She really loves it. And she always, she still says to this day, Animals can do anything or something like that. I forget yes. the line. <laughs> yes, because Sparkle is a honey badger who wants to be a ballerina. Mm -hmm. And the mean girls tell her she can't. Yes. But she says animals can do anything they put their mind to. Yes. And she does. <laughs> and she does. And that's the important lesson. Yeah. I always try to put a lesson in each of my children's yeah. books. It's a good one. And I always try to make it fun so that the kids don't know they're learning a lesson. Because if you say, hey, this has a lesson, they will not read it at all. I didn't even realize I was learning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. It was good. <laughs> uh, so I also have the Old Man and the Pirate Princess series. Okay. The first one is the Old Man and the Pirate Princess. And in that one, Pirate Princess Saria is kidnapped by a farting ninja named Master Gas. Did you say farting? Farting, yes. Like they're, Toots. they're flatulent? Yes. A flatulent ninja. Many, many farts are in this book. How many farts? Um, Probably 30 farts. I, Jennifer Stolzer is my illustrator. She yeah. drew lots of farts for me. So um, many farts. How do you draw a fart? Uh, it's a bubble. It's a bubble. Yeah, right it's a hand. green... Gaseous it's a green one. Fart bubble. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> little wind bubble <laughs> little, behind. Little gaseous. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So, so the other one is The Old Man and the Pirate Princess Mean a Dragon. That's the uh -huh. second one in the series. Cool. And the new book is The Lazy Vampire. That yeah. one was just published last week. So Congratulations. Um, that one I uh, made the lesson 
sometimes lazy days are the best days. Mm-hmm. And it is a little vampire in his underwear and cape, so he doesn't want to go outside. He, he just wants to hang around. In he his doesn't underwear. want to do anything. Yeah. He's lazy. <laughs> He's lazy vampire. Yep. And so those are the four picture books, and you also have an, an adult, adult book. novel. Mm-hmm. Yep, Death Adjacent uh, yeah. is about a woman who wakes up in the morgue during her autopsy mm-hmm. and finds out she can't die because she's an Egyptian goddess who lost her memories. Nice. And that is in the adults-only category. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cursing, some oh, nudity, fun. <laughs> and some violence. So, so that one not is for kids. not for children. Sounds like I'd no. like it. <laughs> but for children, I'm working on an interactive audiobook to go with The Lazy Vampire. Mm-hmm. So that um, all the kids can listen to the audiobook and read along, but also do activities cool. as they're reading. And George Soroy is an audiobook uh, voice actor and mm-hmm. editor, and he is creating that for me. So awesome. that will be out in a couple weeks. Sounds fun. And we were talking a moment ago about sequels and prequels. So yes. your current the death death adjacent. You're actually going to write a sequel or a prequel? Yeah, to it? I started writing a sequel. And while I was in the middle of writing the sequel, I had an idea for a prequel. Mm -hmm. And the prequel will be about characters who are secondary characters in Death Adjacent, Mm -hmm. not main characters. Right. They will get their story told because I think their stories are important, Mm -hmm. um, but not as important as finishing Celine's story in the second novel to Death Adjacent, which is tentatively called Afterlife Mm, at this time. So I actually wrote, I'm writing a series as well, and I wrote the first one, and then I wrote the second one, which was a prequel, and then I'm writing the third one, which is a sequel to the first two, but my friend tells me because I haven't published the second one, it's actually, the first one isn't a prequel, it's just the first in the series. So, So, I think prequels are important because time has passed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of time has usually passed, and that's what makes it a prequel. Mm. The most... A famous prequel is the Star Wars prequel trilogy, which I know most people think doesn't exist and really probably shouldn't have. I haven't heard of this. What are you speaking (laughs) of? However, (laughs) because so much time had passed and it was about Vader as a child Mm -hmm. and not about Luke or Leia, who were the main characters in the first trilogy, Mm -hmm. then it could be considered a prequel. But they already called it episode four. Five and six. Yeah, I don't know what his deal with that was. Yeah, that was so weird. It's like, <laughs> wait, where's one through three, dude? It, yeah, like, so people you... will ask. Yeah. He probably silly. already had the prequel planned, right. but knew he couldn't sell it mm-hmm. until four, five, and six became so popular that yeah. someone wanted to make one, two, three. Maybe. Um, and that's how we're getting seven, eight, nine. Nine's yeah. about to come out in, in December. I so. like the seven, eight, and nine much better than one, two, and three. Definitely. Yeah. They're now, I, I stick with my, my standard four, five, six. Those are my mm-hmm. favorite. Yes. But um, that was a prequel because it wasn't about the main characters from the first thing that you saw. It wasn't about Luke and Leia or Han. It was about Vader as a child and time had passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we actually went backward in time. So mm-hmm. my prequel is about some secondary characters mm-hmm. and time had passed. We were going back in time to see how those characters ended up to be who they were in Death Adjacent. So that's why it's a prequel oh. and not a first one in a series or a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're friend might be relating to maybe your prequel is about your your character but it's not enough time has passed see that's the thing the only character that really crosses over as a main character is the villain right so it's actually a new set of like uh heroes so so though and it is set 
before back in time yeah. yeah so then that would be a prequel yeah. i think that would be a prequel but it might be the first one i get published because honestly it's the best yeah I've written so far so it might not be considered a prequel so and you could do it as the number could, one in the series i could still call it a prequel you can <laughs> i could still call it a prequel it'll be the first one published but it, it'll sell the prequel too and everybody will be like what what's going on it depends on who hey. publishes it yeah, we'll and if they'll allow out. it to be a prequel or if they will make it the number one in the series yeah we'll see it doesn't matter really so i ask people if they ever want to talk about random things and something caught my eye on here keanu reeves so sure. <laughs> you like talking about Keanu Reeves. He's actually a character in my prequel. Yes. Like I made him the the immortal god Apollo because, of course, it's Keanu Reeves. And they actually, the immortals all refer to him as the one jokingly. So. so why do you like to talk about Keanu Reeves? I just like him as a person. He seems like an amazing person, doesn't he? You see a lot of actors or musicians and in interviews yeah. and they're kind of jerks. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, ew, I can't listen to your music anymore because mm. I do not connect with you on a human level. Yeah. But Keanu seems to connect with everyone on a human level and mm. he's actually a really great person and he does a lot of charity work. He helps a lot of children. Yeah. He likes hockey, which I love. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there, so there's lots of things about him that I'm like, hey, I like those things, too. So yeah. I do uh, like him as a person. He does seem like a good person. He does, like, yeah. And, and I think with celebrities, it's a mixed bag. And sometimes they might be good people. They're just not, it's not as obvious. Yeah. But for some reason, like, he just comes across as a good person. Yes. Because, I don't know. And a lot of the charity work that he does and a lot of the money that he donates, no one knows about. He does it mm-hmm. all in secret because he doesn't want people to know about that he doesn't do it for the because he doesn't do it yeah he doesn't do it for the publicity he is he's been acting for what 20 years or more and he doesn't need the publicity no he's good so some people thrive on that publicity and he doesn't he would rather just hang out and not do any any celebrity things so i like that about him and i usually can find one of his movies on tv this morning i watched dracula you actually which watched was him this morning. not great <laughs> which dracula is that? uh the bram stoker's dracula gary oldman is dracula it's uh, i didn't realize um, he was in that the yeah. accents are afflicted it's not great but i love him the best when his movies are terrible you like him in bad movies i do i love bad movies so much i like him in constantine Oh, Constantine was great. That was great. I love that one. Okay, so you do like him in some of his good movies. I, well, too. yeah, I do like his good movies. I think 47 Ronin is probably one of my favorites. It's beautiful. I love magic in general. Yeah. And I love Japan and I love history. Mm-hmm. Um, but just it was a visually stunning movie. So that's hmm. one I would tell people to watch that was not a bad movie. But Dracula, if you want to make fun of something, mm-hmm. I like to watch bad movies and make fun of them. Yeah, like Mystery Science Theater stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing that. Like Manos, The Hands of Fate is one of yes. my favorite terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. So definitely Dracula is up there on my terrible movies list. <laughs> So when you're doing children's books, like how do you, what's your process? Like, do you start with like pictures? Do you start with the story? Like, how do you go about it? You don't draw them, right? I do not. I do have an illustrator, Jennifer Stolzer. Um, she was, mm-hmm. uh, she'll be on your podcast before this one airs. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure of the order. <laughs> Shh, don't or not. Them we'll see. That could be a spoiler alert. Spoiler. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so she does draw all my pictures yeah. and I write the stories and I usually either have an idea for a title 
of a book mm-hmm. or a character mm. and then I sit with it for a while mm-hmm. and then it just hits me mm-hmm. what this character wants to say and do what the title means um, because sometimes the title is kind of obscure mm-hmm. um, like I have a title in my ideas folder that's watch out for penguins on the road <laughs> I haven't written anything about it yet but Every time I see it, I'm like, penguins on the road. Why would there be penguins on the road? Are we in the South Pole? And I keep going back to that and going back to that, but I'm not sure what the story is yet. So nobody steal that idea. I'm working on it. I like that title. But um, Sometimes the title alone is, is something that'll get your juices going. Yeah. Like I, I do Nano and NaNoWriMo. For people who don't know what that is, it's where you try to write an entire novel in one month. And it starts tomorrow. And it starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I had no plan for this year as of yesterday like i didn't even have like the title set but then i decided on my title yesterday which is all the good squids go to hell <laughs> and then the ideas just started popping yes and i already knew it was a, pre- a sequel to the other story mm-hmm. so but sometimes the title alone is all you need to it's, get the ideas yeah. flowing so yeah. sometimes it's based on title sometimes it's based on character so mm-hmm. the book that i'm currently writing is a picture book about a ship captain named Captain Kraken. He is an actual Kraken squid. He's a Kraken? He's a Kraken. Like Cthulhu? Not as big. He's on a ship. He's a smaller Cthulhu. Smaller, yes. Maybe like a second cousin or something. Um, Like a Mick Kraken? But maybe he's magic. I don't know yet. Maybe he can shrink himself to ship size. Maybe. uh, Because he's the captain of a pirate ship and all of his crew are other sea creatures. Mm -hmm. And one of his crew is his powder boy. Powder boy? Yeah, I looked up pirate names. What's a powder boy? A pirate ship um, jobs is what I looked up the other day. A powder boy is the kid on the ship who puts the powder in the cannons to shoot the cannonballs. So you got one guy loading the cannonballs in the front end, and you got the kid loading the powder in the back, Mm -hmm. and then you've got your quartermaster or whoever saying fire, and Mm -hmm. then you light your your flint and Mm -hmm. or your match, depending on where you are, and you fire the cannon. Hmm. Well, the powder boy on this ship is Minnow, and he's an actual Minnow, silver little tiny (laughs) Minnow fish. Um, But Captain Kraken and Minnow go on many adventures, Mm-hmm. So uh, the venture that I'm writing right now is about the fish king, who is a blobfish. Got it. Which, if you've never seen a blobfish, look them up. They are hilarious. <laughs> uh, but also, um, he's bald, and he's oh. very upset that he's bald. Yeah. So he steals the mermaid's hair. It's a hard thing to deal with. Uh, yeah, it And then is. I think most of us, that's our solution, is you steal, steal mermaid mermaid's hair. Steal mermaid's hair, yeah. So Captain Kraken and Minnow have to go help the mermaids and get their hair back. Nifty. Um, so I'm writing that story now, and I actually got the idea because Captain Kraken was a character that just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, Captain Kraken, what is he going to do? And like, Captain Kraken and Minnow, oh my God, it's a thing. And then I started developing from there. So really, it could be... Um, You know, I have nieces and nephews. I have a younger sister who's six years old. Mm -hmm. One of the kids could say something. And then it sparks something in me to go, oh, my gosh, I should write a story about that. That's Mm -hmm. why I wrote a story about worms. Yeah. um, Because my sister is in love with worms right now. So (laughs) we're very worm centric. And I'm like, hey, I have an idea for a story about worms. So I wrote a story about worms. That'll be an early reader when I finish it. But... Mm -hmm. 
things like that. Um, you know, pi- the old man, the pirate princess was based on my niece and my nephew when they were born. Mm-hmm. I have a story about a little girl who slides down a slide on a playground mm-hmm. and falls into the bushes on the playground and she shrinks to squirrel size and meets a squirrel. And I named that always happens when you fall. It the always bush. happens. Ugh. But the only way to get back is to find the magic map that's going to take her back to this place. So oh, she just can need be a map? big again. Yeah. But Maps a witch so has useful. it. And oh, it's witches. just, it's a thing. Mitches, so witches are always keeping the maps. Yeah. I actually started writing that one uh, about my niece, uh-huh. Roxanne. Um, because I had a dream that she told me a story that she talked to a squirrel. She and had squirrel... a dream that she told you a story that she talked to a squirrel. And the squirrel was exactly like me, except a squirrel. You do seem like a squirrel. I d- yes. You do yes, come I across do. as a squirrel. So what I like, call... I think that would be your spirit animal that as a is squirrel. A squirrel. <laughs> yeah, like it really would My be. Patronus is an otter, so I don't know. What's, what's Patronus? From Harry Potter. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So I called my sister the next day and I said, did this actually happen or was this a dream that I had? And my sister said, that's a dream you had, but Roxanne would totally talk to a squirrel. She totally would talk to a squirrel. (laughs) So I started writing that early reader as well. So I have lots of things in the works. Yeah. Like how many books do you plan to publish a year? Like how many I can afford? Yeah. (laughs) I self-publish. You self-publish. It's how many I can afford because I have to pay for the illustrations Uh and then I have to pay for copies of the books Mm -hmm. um, and then marketing and Mm -hmm whatever else goes along so how much with does it, it cost so. to publish one of your uh picture books um it can be anywhere from 1500 to 3000 just for the illustrations wow. and then lot. it's usually around 500 to order 100 copies of a book mm-hmm. and then usually around 100 to 200 for marketing mm-hmm. um, because what i do is i have a mailing list mm-hmm. where i mail out physical postcards to the address that I have from my mailing list Mm -hmm. so that children can get mail because everybody likes getting mail, but especially kids, and they never get mail. I don't like getting mail. It's always bills. You like getting mail from me because they're cute postcards with party invites. So (laughs) that would be the kind of mail I would like to get. I'm not on your mailing list yet, but you you should definitely add me. me. You know my address Well, now now I do. Yeah, that's true. I'm at your house. (laughs) But like... No, like most of the mail I get is either junk mail, like I have a mm-hmm. big pile of it on the table, oh, yeah. or it's bills. Bills, like, I know. I have one friend that will actually use the post to send actual things, like she'll send party invitations. That's it. One yeah. friend, that's it. So I get like two or three pieces of mail a year that I actually like to open. I so. appreciate that a lot of my bills want to be paperless, mm-hmm. so I no longer get them in the mail. I'll yeah. just get an email, yeah. and it's all auto um Auto pay. Auto pay. Yeah. yeah. So it's then nice. I, I cannot have to even look at it or right. deal with it. It'll be nice to just never have to pay a bill. Just yes, something it just does magically it does it on its own. Mm-hmm. And you're good I'd like to for go. money to come into my account that way too, though. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Well, you can have your 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 work send it there. Oh, no, I, I do. You mean also just money just randomly random appears. money. Yeah, got because yes. I got Magical paid today yeah. and paid bills before I came here. And yeah. now I have no money again. Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I prefer people to just forward me some random money that Deal. I can have. I'll keep that in mind <laughs> if I ever have yeah. extra money to you forward. You win the lottery. <laughs> forward me some money. Become Deal. an investor. Invest. Jessica Matthews Books needs an investor Deal. to pay for all the illustrations. <laughs> and you also do a lot of conferences. I do. So let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about swag and kind of like con etiquette. Um, so... What do you do for your swag? I've actually seen you at a conference, and it, it, it appears that somebody has taken a shotgun full of pink paint and just exploded it. 
everywhere. It's amazing. My brand is pink and glitter because glitter is my favorite color. Glitter glitter is your favorite color? Glitter is my favorite color. I didn't know glitter was a color. It is when it's my favorite color. (laughs) (laughs) But particularly pink because a lot of my um, books are pink. The only... A uh, children's book I have that's not pink is The Lazy Vampire mm-hmm. uh, because he's in black and white uh, right. because he's a vampire. So he really can't be pink. If I could have made a pink vampire, I think I would have. You can do that. That's ex- Yeah, but... Um, you can do like the dainty vampire and do I it had some pink. requests for non-pink books. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to branch out a little out of my comfort zone and make a non-pink book See, I th- since I, I had I, a request. I think if your market is young girls, like you're missing out because like mm-hmm. I took my daughter to the bookstore and I was like, you can pick out a book. We're going to buy a book today. And of course, she took like an hour and I was like, yeah. at the end, I was like, that's it. We're leaving. If you don't have one in your hands, it's ready to go. You're not getting a book. And so she kind of just panicked and grabbed a book and it was pink. That's uh-huh. why she grabbed it. Yes. And. It was funny. The book she picked was nonfiction. It was about women's suffrage. Oh. <laughs> so it was great that it was pink. And then she actually gets to learn. She won't let me read it to her ever because she gets bored, though. Yes. So maybe when she's older. But, maybe in a but little bit, But she picked yeah. it just because, because it, was, it pink, was pink. Because mm-hmm. it's her favorite color. Yeah, I like the Pinkalicious books because that publisher has figured out a way to put actual glitter on the covers. And it gets all over the place? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why would they do that to you? Because she's pinkalicious. <laughs> but they're uh, I, I, My car right now is filled with blue glitter because my daughter, today is Halloween, my daughter is wearing a dress that's covered in blue glitter and it gets everywhere. Like, yeah. I still have glitter on that chair from when a friend visited and they had glitter on. Like, You can't get away from it. You can't. It, it should be considered a hate crime. that's just like a fairy leaving some nice glitter to remind you to smile and uh be happy sure you can't be dust you you can't be too mad about glitter because it is cute yes yeah so you do a lot of glitter on your on my table Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so since my logo is pink and glittery i have a pink tablecloth and i actually found a pink curtain for a children's room Mm -hmm. that has sparkles all over it so i put that over the pink tablecloth nice and then i've got some jewels some plastic jewels that i got from party city Mm -hmm. and i just sprinkle those around because also my table is usually pirate themed Mm -hmm. because my series is about the pirate princess right so i'll have the treasure chest up and there'll be candies or something in there for kids to take stickers whatever i Mm -hmm. have and then I'll have um, another treasure chest up with my business cards. And I'll have a game where you can find your pirate name. And I try to tailor the table to children mm-hmm. because that is who I'm marketing to. Right. Except for the one book. Except for the one book. <laughs> except for the one. I put that on the corner. And so I'm how, like, this is for how, the... How do you deal with that? Like, you're you're also trying to do it to the adults. And you have the, all this pink stuff and glitter. Like, how does it work? Do you end up selling more of the kids' books? I do sell more of the children's books. Yeah. That's my favorite thing to sell. Yeah. I do love it when kids come to the table and I'm like, hey, do you like to read here? Have a look at this. Even mm-hmm. if they're not going to buy it. Right. Just for them to look at it and be excited about reading. That's yeah. my favorite thing. Yeah. But I do have the adult book on the table. And as the child is looking at a book, I'll say, if you're looking for you mm-hmm. to the parents, here's the one adult thing on the table. So you or both demographics. Exactly. Yeah. Um, whatever con I'm at. Mm-hmm. 
I have a list of people around me that either sell children's books as well or that sell adult books in the fantasy or paranormal realms because mine is a paranormal fiction. Yeah. So I say if you if you like this but you don't want this one in particular, you can go to so-and-so's table. They have paranormal fiction or you can mm-hmm. go to this other person's table and they have kids' books. Mm-hmm. So I can direct people. So I do want them to buy from me. That's how I get enough money to do the next book. However, if you're not going to buy from me, I still want you to get a book Mm -hmm. and I still want to promote my fellow authors, whether they're traditionally published or self-published, because if we don't promote each other, then no one is promoting us and no one hears about us. Yeah, you're not in competition with each other. Yeah, exactly. Because somebody's going to buy a book whether they, because they connect to it, not because you got to them first. Yes. It's not a competition. And bringing it back to Keanu Reeves, if they connect to you as a person... Then they're more likely to buy your book as well. Oh, that's good. Um, so that is something else I gotta to work think on about. That. Connecting, connecting with as humans. a person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I try to trick people into thinking I'm a person all the time. Yeah, Let's well, when you're a demon off. in a meat suit, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> I have an eye for these things. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, so just make sure, even if they're not buying from you, that you are promoting demon the in a meat people suit. Good Lord. You. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Final season of Supernatural, everyone. It's, yeah. it's on. Okay. But um, I've only watched two episodes of Supernatural. You know, I stopped watching regularly around season 11, I think it was. They have a lot of seasons. They have many seasons mm-hmm. um, because it just got to be the same thing over and over. It's Monster of the Week, right? Well, that and they're doing the whole, um, you know, the devil and releasing him from hell and mm-hmm. then doing um, God's not in heaven, but all these angels are taking over and angels mm-hmm. are jerks and the angels like, on are and always on and jerks, on. And it's they? like the same thing every season now. And then yeah. Bobby was dead and I'm like, why am I watching this? It just keeps. I just can't. Bobby's not here. He's my favorite. <laughs> Bring Bobby back. Yes. Oh. So what do you, let's talk about swag a little bit. Yeah. What do you do for swag? What is swag is so, for people that don't know? Swag is any kind of trinket or little thing that you can give to somebody mm-hmm. and it's free to them. They don't mm-hmm. have to buy one of your books or you can have some swag where if it's uh, free with purchase. Mm-hmm. So I have both. Yeah. Um, so what I do is my free with purchase swag is a bag, mm-hmm. a pink tote bag i have one <laughs> with my logo on it and my website nice. and if you buy a book then i put it in the bag and that is your gift for buying the book i'm actually out of those right now oh, so no. my consideration now is maybe instead of doing another pink bag with my logo mm-hmm. i do a bag with some of my characters mm-hmm. so i can make them collector's items mm-hmm. because i'm always going to be coming out with new books and you don't always want the same bag every time you buy a book from me right so I'm thinking point. about doing a different one with some characters so you can now collect pieces of me. Pieces but of you, like of your me. left arm. And- it, pieces of my soul are going out <laughs> in each of these bags. Um, but the other swag I that have. That sounds like a f- like pieces in the freezer kind of thing. Yeah, maybe I'll just toss one in, in the bag. and yeah. yeah, Chop up pieces of Jessica, put, <laughs> keep her in the freezer, and you get a piece when you come to yeah. the conference. Um, some other swag that I do, I'm doing color changing cups right now. Mm-hmm. They change from light pink to dark pink when you put cold liquids in them. Wow. I have a few of those left. That's awesome. Um, I sometimes I tailor. Olivia would love that. I tailor my swag sometimes to the con that I'm at. I yeah. just went to PenCon and their theme was 80s. Mm-hmm. So I had candy necklaces, pop wow. rocks, 
um, the color changing cups. I did mm-hmm. uh, glow sticks, all 80s kind of theme yeah. things. And that's how I got those cups. So how much do you spend on all this stuff? Like it sounds expensive, all these bags and candy. And... It depends yeah. on what it is. And yeah. I use a website called totallypromotional.com. Like how much do you pay per one of those bags? Uh, Less than 10 cents because I get... Wait, they're that cheap? Well, it depends on how many you order. Okay. So on totallypromotional.com, I got 500 um, color changing tumblers mm-hmm. for maybe two hundred dollars like it wasn't that it wasn't okay. expensive at all so like 30 cents a piece or something. yeah, yeah. and oh, the bags bad. um i only and you do a lot of cons and stuff so but you have, i do a lot of cons i do yeah. a lot of tables and you I, feel it's worth it to do i, all I do because people walk around with my thing mm-hmm. and it advertises for me to other people wow that's the trick mm, so that's why smart. i want my thing to have my logo and my website mm-hmm. uh character that people love and my website yeah. something like that yeah um i mean and, and that's where that stuff came from is like bands started doing the logos on the t-shirt mm-hmm. as advertisement and people started buying them and wearing and them. wearing them yes because they liked the band and it was free advertisement. I'm thinking about doing can cozies again because last year mm-hmm. at several of the cons I went to that I handed them out, mm-hmm. people were getting bottles of soda and water and putting them in my cozy and walking around the con. Even better. So <laughs> that's what, one reason why I do the bags. But yeah. those are a little more expensive, so I do them with purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are walking around the con or wherever with their, my bag and my logo on their right. shoulder. So if someone's like, hey, I need a bag or hey... I like that bag, what's mm-hmm. in it, yeah. then other people will come to the table. So you really think it's worth it? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's advertising. And it's yeah. not free advertising, but honestly, there really isn't free advertising. You can put no. things on Facebook or your website, or but really it's none of that. people who are already friends with you or exactly. who already go to your website yeah. are going to see it. So, and yeah. if you want more people to see it, you have to pay for an ad. Mm-hmm. So nothing is really free advertising. No. So no. that's why I think it's important for us to help each other out mm-hmm. and advertise each other, which is why on my website, I have a resources page and I have all the writer skills, um, the publishing association. I have Jennifer's website on there. Of course, she's your um, illustrator. She's my illustrator. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm also willing to put other people's websites and information on there as long as their values are the same as mine. Yeah. Um, when we do the podcast, I'll be able to put that link up there. Awesome. So that a link to that. It <laughs> yeah. just... Um, I think yeah. we should just be helping each yeah. other out. There's exactly. no reason why I should be like, okay... Nobody listened to this podcast, no. even though I'm on it. No, you're on no. it. You it want to spread the word. It doesn't make any sense yeah, for exactly. us to try to, to hurt each other, even no. if... You want to lift each other up. Exactly. Even if you sold children's books that were pink and sparkly, you would not have the same characters right. I have. You would not relate to the children on the same level that I would mm-hmm. relate to them on. So it doesn't make any sense for us to go against each other. No. So yeah, you're not in competition with other authors. I don't authors. like that. So. Yeah, that mindset never helps anybody. It does not. No. Yeah. So, con etiquette is something you talk about a little bit. So, what is the etiquette for conventions? So, this is where people are writing conventions and uh, readers' conventions Mm -hmm. where you're selling books. And I assume the 
best etiquette is just to drink a lot and run in circles, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're a participant who bought a badge to come in, not an actual vendor. Ah. And as a bookseller, you would be considered a vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, but vendors have their own set of rules that they need to follow on top of the con rules. Okay. And basic con rules are things like um, wear whatever costume you want as long as you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, some cons have specific costume guidelines. You can't show certain parts some, of yourself. Some don't want you to wear a mask. Some don't want you to wear a mask yeah. that covers your face. Or mm-hmm. you can do a half mask, but not a full mask. Or mm-hmm. you can put the mask on for photos, but you got to take it right. off. Stuff like that. Um, for security All reasons. of them now, I've noticed, you cannot carry a weapon. Mm-hmm. And if you have a weapon, say a sword, it has to be wooden or plastic or obviously fake. Mm-hmm. It cannot be realistic looking. Or a real sword. And that's sword. for safety or yeah. a real sword, right. And that's just a safety thing. Mm-hmm. So on top of those kinds of um, rules, mm-hmm. which I like to wear costumes to my table when I can. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Um because I sell children's things, costumes are great. So I have to follow the costume rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, as a vendor, there are some things that are unwritten rules that it's kind of like being part of a club and just knowing all the secret club rules. Okay. And let us in on it. Yes. What are all the secret rules? They're basic things about being a human being. So this oh. might not be okay for you. No, your, I, I need to learn. Suit, like I'm to trying learn. to integrate with the humans. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so you get a table. Uh-huh. Keep your stuff at your table. Don't spill it out into the aisle. Right. Don't put it in between the tables. Don't put it on your neighbor's table. Stay in your lane. Do people do that? People do that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. No. They'll just start putting stuff in the middle of the aisle? Yeah. And what? What would they put in the middle of the aisle? uh, Well, um, if you put stuff under your table, push it out too far. Mm, Okay. Because you have too much stuff and not enough space. Yeah. Take some out to your car. Don't let it be out in the middle of the aisle. If you have a small aisle in between tables where people are walking to get in and out from behind the table. Don't block it. Don't block that with stuff. There's Mm -hmm. no need. If you have that much stuff, go back to your car. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous to have that much stuff that you can't organize under your table (laughs) so that other people have to trip over you or police you or mom you to be able to get out from behind their table to go to the bathroom. Because adults don't like to have to try to tell another adult how to act exactly just like an adult doesn't want to be told how to act just don't make us do it yes and there are some people who are naturally messy or who need um a little more guidance Guidance. than others (laughs) maybe they're newbies they're new they need a mom to tell them to move all their crap and clean up their uh, from under their bed but uh, don't put your stuff on other people's tables i've heard so many stories on their tables yeah i've heard a lot of stories about Someone taking up too much space and it's one thing when you're both setting up, if you ask permission to say, hey, can I put this um, drink here or this sign here while I'm fixing this thing Mm -hmm. um, because it fell over or setting up or whatever. That's during setup though. Yeah. yeah, But then just to leave your things on another person's table, you're taking up their space that they bought, that Mm -hmm. they paid for. Right. You have to pay to have one of those vendor tables. You have to pay to have a vendor table. How much do those cost? Depends on the con. Yeah. How much was PenCon? PenCon's like four hundred dollars. Wow, um, that is expensive. You do a share table. I share tables at with, PenCon. With two or you and one other. Me and Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so two hundred dollars split each. that cost. Wow. Um, because do if you sell a lot of books there, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not making table, you don't want to go to a place and spend all that money. Mm-hmm. Um, Archon's only eighty dollars, so mm-hmm. I have my own table at Archon. What con? Archon. Archon. Yeah. Not our. Arc A R C H O N Archon. Okay. Um, that's the one in Collinsville I just did a couple weeks ago. So I have my own table at that one because that's fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we're going to Planet Comic Con in March, yeah. and we each got our own table this time because they were only hundred and fifty dollars. It wasn't yeah. that bad. And why? Why would? Why do you do a separate table? Like you can still we save have money. so much stuff. You do have a lot of stuff. We have so much stuff with, table between the two of us stuff, that we yeah. cannot fit on a table unless we par down everything and don't have the stuff we want right. on the table so, so we a prefer... big one like pen con it's expensive right. you might yeah have... we're yeah. gonna share at pen con because yeah. that's way too expensive it's a lot but at planet and archon we have enough stuff to have our own tables so we're mm-hmm. just gonna pay for our own table and be next to each other yeah. but that's another uh, con etiquette rule is that if you have a person that you came with and you're next to each other mm-hmm. or even if you don't know the people next to you make mm-hmm. friends with them talk to them yeah. talk to them Try introduce to, yourself yeah. because what's going to happen is somebody's going to have to go to the bathroom and there's no one to watch the table right you want to have friends that can watch your stuff yes yeah and you want to be polite and you want to say because you'll have your like ipad there mm-hmm. maybe a laptop oh, yeah. and your phone have all kinds like, of stuff your purse and, and your yeah. money yeah your, your change yeah your yeah. box whatever yeah so usually what i do is i make friends with whoever's next to me mm-hmm. i will take my purse because i'm a lady and i have a purse lady and my money bag mm-hmm. and i'll say hey i'm gonna run to the bathroom can you just watch the table and I have never had a person say, no, I refuse to do that. (laughs) Never. And I'm not asking them to take money. I'm not asking them to watch my money. Just keep an eye on it. Just to watch the table to make Make sure sure nothing walks away. Yeah. 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 Anything valuable like um, Bucky, who is my booth babe, and he has his own Instagram. He does. I follow him. Hey, Steve, it's Bucky. I know. I follow Um, (laughs) him. He's adorable. Uh, I'll take him. Yeah. Or I'll put him behind the table. Uh, so nobody takes him because I've had Would lots somebody of... somebody take him? Yes. I had people who want to buy him. And I'm like, do they you buy Bucky? see how damaged he is? Because he's been running around in my purse with me for a people, couple of years. How many people want to buy him? I had I had someone two months ago at a con ask to buy him. He said, how much? I'll give you whatever you want. And I was like, no, Tell why? Tell $200. No, I $200. can't sell him. Can't... He's my babe. You should have backups for when that happens <laughs> next time. Have a couple that are like backup so you can sell those so i can sell those well yeah, I have, they're clones they're not the real bucky i have the this is winter soldier bucky that we're right. talking about mm-hmm. i have wakanda arm bucky but i don't like him as much as the no. original right so the original is always the best i love the original yeah so um no but nobody can buy him he is nobody the can buy babe. him he is He's on your all my babe. stuff <laughs> I use him in marketing. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, so I just take valuables and I and I run to the bathroom. But you know, if you're gonna run to the soda machine and there's somebody yeah. next to you who doesn't have an assistant, you can be like, "Hey, do you want me to? I'm going to the soda machine. Do you want anything? Mm-hmm. Just be a decent person. Act like a human and, being. Yeah, and they will be decent to you. And yeah. when you need to leave the table, they'll watch your stuff. Mm-hmm. Or when they run to the soda machine, they'll ask you if you want anything. It's common sense. Yeah. Which I'm finding a lot of people don't normally have. So mm-hmm. A lot of people are also so- socially awkward. Some people are shy. And I find a yes. lot of writers are, like myself. Yes. Yeah. So. And I'm not saying you have to sit at your table and talk to the other person the entire time, Mm -hmm. but you do want to be friendly. You don't want to be a jerk. No. So. It's not being a jerk necessarily. It's just you come across as a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't. And people don't always recognize that. So. Yeah. so that's part of con etiquette, yeah. you know, staying on, staying at your table that you paid for, not taking other people's things. Mm-hmm. Um, hanging things on the wall is usually a no-no at cons because mm-hmm. they don't want you to peel their paint and mess up their stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why my sign is one of the retractable banners. It's got a stand up. I've seen it. Yeah. And you put the stick in it and the stick holds it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also want to make sure if you have one of those that there's enough room behind mm-hmm. your table for it. 
Yeah, you don't and want to encroach on somebody else's you're not, space behind exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. So the last con that I did, the con <laughs> organizers put the tables about two inches from the wall. So we had enough room to stand, but not to put banners or, you know, walk behind. You had two inches? We, we had nothing. We, How do you even stand with that much room? So what we did, which is not always good con etiquette, depends on the con, mm-hmm. uh, everybody on that line pushed out their tables mm-hmm. so that they still matched what the uh, con personnel had put out. But we had a little more space and you to walk behind. Cool, yeah. um, so that people could get in and out mm-hmm. so that we could put our banners up because we all had signs. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're doing something like that, you either need to check with the con personnel that it's okay or you need to check with the other people on your row mm-hmm. and you need to make it uniform because that's the whole point of how they set their tables up. They wanted them that way for a reason. Right. Um, so you need to to work with the people around you. Yeah. Um, but also when we put our banners up, we made sure that people could still walk by our banners. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that you're leaving enough space for movement because yeah. you're going to want to stand behind your table. You're not going to want to sit behind it the whole time. Mm-hmm. If you sit behind it, you look uninteresting. You look uninterested in the con. You look mm-hmm. like you don't want to be there. Right. You need to stand and engage. So you have to stand. Yes. I have a friend, I'm not going to mention who, who does this stuff too, and she sits. I'm like, no, you got to stand. You yeah. got to do it. Because if you're sitting, people don't want to approach Exactly. And so, so speaking of that, what else can you do to like engage people? You stand up, mm-hmm. you stand in front of the table or behind it or It kind of depends on the con and yeah. what space I have. Okay. I prefer to stand on the side of the table mm-hmm. because I have to go behind the table to get my square or my change bag or mm-hmm. my pin to sign with and all that. But you're still uh, more accessible. But I still yeah. want to be accessible. I do children's things. So especially if I'm in costume, I want to stand on the side or in front mm-hmm. or if I want to wear a costume that you can see from the top up because I'm a short lady. Yes. So when I stand mm-hmm. behind my table, you don't always see all of me. Now, you might go? see a floating head <laughs> um, because I have lots of vertical elements on my table. But you do want to stand to engage, mm-hmm. and you do. Do you generally stand the entire con? I do. I try oh, that's to. That's a lot of time on your feet. I do um, sit to eat. Uh-huh. If I eat, I don't always get hungry at cons, though. Yeah. You run on uh, adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, but I also try to drink a lot of water, mm-hmm. so um, I can take little mini walks to the bathroom and then mm-hmm. come back. But uh, you get so dried out at cons. Most of them are running on recycled air. It's you know you need to drink a lot of water and stay hydrated you don't really need to drink soda or other caffeine the whole time because Mm -hmm. it's not going to help you no um and standing also helps you stay awake so if there's Mm -hmm. a lull in the con and nobody's around if you're standing you're not sleeping you're not gonna fall asleep (laughs) do people fall asleep at cons i'm sure they do yeah um, but I always try to stand, and if there's a lull, I try to go introduce myself to other people who aren't directly next to me. Yeah, like meet um, other booth people? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, take my business cards. Yeah. Um, you know, just try to find out who's where, what mm-hmm. they have. Sometimes I initiate trades. Mm-hmm. Not everyone wants to trade for a kid's book, mm-hmm. so I'll try to trade with my adult book. But mm-hmm. um, sometimes people don't want to trade. They came on an airplane. Yeah. I know several people who come to certain cons every year. They're like, nope. I I came on an airplane. I, you know, you can buy my thing, but I'm not trading because I don't want to take things home with me. I don't even want to take my stuff home with me. Yeah. Um, Do people trade a lot? It depends on the person, I think. Um, And honestly, some people are picky about what they read. They are. And some people. So it's really hard for me to like buy a book. Like I have to really like connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Some I'm not the kind of person who buys like a hundred a year. <laughs> we'll trade, um, just to trade, mm-hmm. you know, just because they like that other person, but not necessarily because they care about what they have. Sure. Um, so you'll get that and you'll get some people who don't like to trade because they're all about the bottom line and the dollar. And if you trade, mm-hmm. you're not making money. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but at the same time, I like to trade because I like to read new stuff myself, and I don't always want to spend money mm-hmm. on new stuff. And I like to give out my books as giveaways, or if I'm at an event, I went to a children's event over the summer, and yeah. part of the table fee was that we donate one book mm-hmm. for a giveaway bag so they could do a raffle or an auction to raise money for their charity. Cool. I love to do that kinds of stuff. How yeah. are people going to get my books if I'm only like, well, no, there are $10 each and I have no deals and no <laughs> sales and I'm a greedy Grinch. Yeah. No, that's people don't read your book that way. No, you got to get it out there. Yeah. yeah. And so I do um, part of what I do online. Everything's $10. Mm-hmm. Amazon sells it for 10. I can't, I could do something about it and change the price, but I'm not going to because Hardly anyone buys it off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. They buy it from me in person. That's where you, you get most of your sales. If you buy it from me in person, you get a deal, two for 15 mm. or $10 each. So it's uh, a good deal because you can get all of my books right now um, for not that much money. Yeah. Uh, so then you can have the whole collection. And cool. if I have bags, which I don't right now, but mm-hmm. if I had bags, then you would also get a bag. Nice. So that's one thing, too, is cons love a deal. Mm-hmm. so whatever con you're at make a special table deal or have a special table prize if they buy something from you no i i actually bought books from you and i think your deal is what kind of pushed yes. me over the line because it was like you could pay ten dollars or two for 15 i was like well that's saving five dollars there's something about a deal that just it makes you think you're saving money you're not you're actually spending more money but <laughs> For some reason. Only $5 more, though. Yeah. For some reason, it it makes you feel like... It makes sense. It's more incentive to buy. Yes. But if you're not selling two books, like if you only have one, if it's your first novel, like what are some table deals you could do with that? So then you could do gift with purchase or Mm -hmm. if your book, let's say it's my paranormal fiction mm-hmm. and it's a world with um, egyptian goddesses mm-hmm. and vampires and werewolves so that's why it's paranormal fiction nice so if i only had that and i didn't have my bag with purchase and i didn't have any of my kids books to go with it then i could do different deals like um book plus ebook is a price mm. i could do a deal where maybe i've made some bookmarks Mm-hmm. Either I've printed them on a place like Vistaprint or I've handmade some bookmarks or buttons or pens. You mm-hmm. only get those with purchase. Those are mm-hmm. not free things you just leave on the table for anyone. Right. And that's how you get someone with your first book because you're like, hey, this world is about uh, Egyptian goddesses, but also you get this Eye of Horus bookmark to go with it or you get this button. Mm-hmm. Um, with my next book, there is a bar in death adjacent uh, called the tipsy cow tipsy cow and i'm gonna make coasters because <laughs> it will nice. feature in my sequel so i'll make tipsy cow coasters i like that to give title. away if you're buying the book that's a great name for mm-hmm. a bar the tipsy it's cow. great <laughs> so it's it's things like that um you know the mm. the newspaper is called the daily cud it's a cow heavy <laughs> town it's in the south <laughs> I want to have a t-shirt that says the daily cut like, I, you know, but those would be with purchase or those yeah. would be by this book plus this t-shirt and it'll be discounted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do that with just the one. You have to pick something 
out of your book Mm -hmm. that people will resonate with or Mm -hmm. people would find cool to be on swag. So think about the stuff you like on swag. So if you're writing what you know or writing what you like to Mm -hmm. read, because those are the rules, right? You you write what you like to read or you write what you know about. Mm -hmm. If you're writing what you like to read, then what do you want as a swag? So if your favorite author walked in the door today and said, I have all this swag, what is your dream swag from that author from their world? Well, I would want it. I'd want a signed copy of Neil Gaiman. You know, well, book, but like I don't know. But like, like, if he had swag, like I don't know. So, but but think about it. So, people who liked um, the Divergent series, uh-huh. they went Gaga because there were different stickers and pens and buttons for the different factions. Mm-hmm. And then you could pick your faction so and stickers, wear your faction, yeah. and you could support your faction. It's the same mm-hmm. with Harry Potter. You could support your house. Right. So think about all that kind of stuff. So if you have something in your book that you're like supporting a house or a faction or at a bar that frequents heavily in the book Mm -hmm. that's what you need to make swag for my kids stuff my swag is stickers with my characters Mm -hmm. my swag is um color changing cups kids Mm -hmm. love that um different candy ducks i had yeah i I had pirate ducks my daughter has a duck Uh (laughs) yep so i had pirate rubber ducks um i've had I've had lots of random stuff um, because what I do is I like to have, I like to give people stuff right? so that they think of me when they're either buying for themselves or for other people. Mm-hmm. So it's smart. But whatever you get, try to put your website at the very least on it, if not your logo as well. And that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Get a logo. You're get a, a brand. You're not just one guy in a. I don't know what my logo would be. It, well, that's when you hire yeah. someone to do it yeah. and they can help you with it. But is it just a symbol? Like, yeah, symbol yeah. of you or symbol of your books or, you know, my logo is a phoenix coming out of a genie lamp. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually the plot line of Death Adjacent before it turned Egyptian. But I've been working on Death Adjacent for 15 years. Wow. And it started as something completely different from what it ended up. 15 years. Yeah. But then I had a revelation one day and I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of this sooner? And that's how I finished it. That's a long time. I to work retailored on it and finished it to be what it is now because what it was is not death adjacent. It's something else. I've mm-hmm. saved it, but it's not this book. Okay. So I might write something with it later. I yeah. might always sit in my idea file. But forever. it's a different story. But it's a different story. It's not this story. It's not these characters. These characters told me their story. Yeah. And it wasn't anything like how I started it. So. Hmm. Um, you know, so my logo represents me mm-hmm. more than it represents my books. <laughs> Although we did add the pink and sparkles because, um, you know, I had to. You have to. You have to. 15 years. That's a long time to work on a novel. Like yeah. I try to write one a year right now. Like I've written two in the last two years. I yeah. can't imagine spending 15 years on one novel. Well, I started it when I was in school. That makes sense. And didn't have time to write because I was in school. And then I got a job. I always had at least one job. Yeah. Usually more than one. Yeah. um, Full-time job. And I just don't have enough time to write. Yeah. And I try to make the time to write. um, But the only reason why I finished Death Adjacent is because Mm -hmm. after work every day, I went out to a coffee shop and sat until they closed and kicked me out and wrote because if I went home, Nothing I would just ever watch happens. TV yeah. or do laundry or fall There's asleep. always something or... to distract you. Exactly. Like even like when I go out to write somewhere either at a library or a coffee shop, I look at my phone less 
because I feel mm-hmm. like I'm at work yes. when you're there because I have something to get done. But if I'm home, I'm a lot more prone to pull my phone out and start going through Facebook. Yes, or watching so, Keanu Reeves movies or watching... and getting distracted. <laughs> exactly. Point so break. So when I do write at home, now I put my phone in the other in room. In the other room. Oh, yeah, it's, that's a good idea. It's in the charging in the other mm-hmm. room. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only way I can ever get anything done at home. I do so. have a home office. Yeah. But... And I've decorated how I wanted it. It's very me. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I get much done there, though. Mm-hmm. So I do usually have to go out mm-hmm. to where there's no TV and maybe the internet is not as great. So I'm mm-hmm. not on my phone that much because yeah. I can't be. Or, you know, I find um, it's I can actually watch. It's actually good for the people watching also. Mm-hmm. And also there's that like energy. Yes. And there's a background noise. And you get some socialization, and even if you don't really talk to anyone. Yeah. Because if I'm at home in my office, nobody's home with me. Right. It's just me. Just you. Yeah. So if I go out, I feel like I'm with people and socializing, mm-hmm. even if I yeah. don't talk to any of them. Yeah. yeah. So you so you need that human element. As authors, we are so very alone, but we don't have to be. I'm really bad about it. Yes. <laughs> We're very alone. Our job is solitary. It is. And even people who have co-authors mm-hmm. who are writing a book together. They still write it separately. They're writing it separately. They're yeah. not actually sitting in the same room mm-hmm. and writing it together. Right. Have you so, ever done co-author? Uh, I have not. I wonder how that works. Like I don't know. I've never done co-authored a novel with a... It probably works however you guys set it up to work. Most yeah. of them, I think, are writing a piece and so, or so many I've pages. I've heard like, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett they would go back and forth. One would write chapter one, one would write mm-hmm. chapter two, and then they'd switch. Yes. And they'd both edit each other's works and revise. I think that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah. But I don't and know. I'd have to find somebody who writes similar Yeah, and stuff that's the hard me, thing, to have the same similar voice. similar sense of humor, similar voice. Yes. That's the other thing is writing in a... You can't change your voice. The way you write is the way you write. Like, trying to mimic somebody else's voice never works out. Like, when I first wrote my first novel, I was like, I'm going to try to sound like douglas adams did not work you can't you can't you nobody can you. sound like him yeah and yeah. now my my more recent novels i have my own voice like it, it comes through it's easy yeah, yeah. So, so i think it it would be difficult to work with a co-author but not impossible it mm-hmm. depends on how well you know each other mm-hmm. too because the successful co-authors that i've seen mm-hmm. are people who were best friends who yeah. said hey i have this idea Let's outline it together. Um, you write this, these chapters. I'll write these chapters. Or mm-hmm. I'll start writing it. And then you come in and chime in with your ideas or whatever it is. Yeah. Or I'll do most of the writing and you edit and you add things as needed. Right. It, I think it really does depend on who the other person is. If mm-hmm. you work for a publishing house and they say, oh, by the way, uh, Joe Schmo over here is going to write this book with you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? I've never even met them before. Yeah, That's probably not going to work out very well. No, I don't think so it would work. So yeah. I'm not against co-authoring with anyone. I just have not... I just have not uh, met anyone I would want to co-author a novel with. Right. Now, um, I do have one picture book. That's a lot book. of time. It is. Yeah. It could be years of your life. It depends on how fast you write and how often you get together. I write and, faster, so I'd, I yeah. would want it to be a year. But like, well, you'd have to find someone who also writes fast. Right, though. you have to write some similar yeah. pace. Yeah, because like I, I do NaNoWriMo. Right, and I write fifty thousand in one month, and then the next three months I finish the novel. Right. Yeah. So, so generally around seventy to ninety thousand total. There's words. um. A children's picture book that I started working on with my friend, mm-hmm. and um, I could co-author that with her quite easily. We just uh, haven't been able. She lives in another state, mm-hmm. and she's a teacher, so we have not 
now that school's back, we haven't been able to get together to work on it anymore. Um, But we're doing that long distance. You know, Mm -hmm. here's my idea. Here's my thought. Let's write it this way. Let's do it this way. Here's the research I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I work with her quite well because she's my friend. She was already my friend before we started the process. Makes sense. And then we were going to split the cost of illustrations. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think it just depends on if you know the person or not, if you write at the same speed and writing style. And if you agree on the basic outline and how you should, this is a business partnership. So how you should run this business. Yeah. And that's the risky thing about working with a friend is if you don't do business with them, that might change the The relationship too. yeah. Yeah. So you have to have similar ways of working, similar level headedness, you know. Similar interests. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, one reason why neither my friend nor I have pushed to get this picture book out right away Mm -hmm. because we both want to work on it. We want to do it right, Mm -hmm. but also we want to work on it together. And since we're both too busy to work on it right now, we're not, one of us isn't trying to finish it Mm -hmm. and one up or undermine the other person. We're just like, Hey, we'll just get together and work on it whenever. So it's interesting, but Mm -hmm. also I think we value our friendship more than we value this picture book. So You you have to think about those kinds of things too. Yeah, you don't you don't want a picture book to come between your friendship. Yes, <laughs> that'd be a great way to end thirty two pages in the friendship. <laughs> thirty two pages for all those years lost. Yes, mm, too bad. <laughs> so so that's the thing you have to think about. Yeah. So you mentioned Harry Potter earlier. Yes. And you told me before um, that you want him to die, <laughs> and why? Are, I have to say, why are you a terrible person? I'm a Slytherin, number one. Always remember that. I might write picture books um, and be nice in person, but, but you're I'm always plotting. I'm a Slytherin. So what does that mean? <laughs> what, do you, what? How are you a Slytherin? Um, I'm I'm always plotting. You're something. always plotting. Maybe not mm. necessarily against another person. Not always but, nefarious. Um, yeah, not always, but mm. I do write paranormal fiction. Mm. So even though I'm not writing another adult novel or write the second, yeah. I'm always thinking about them. I'm mm. always thinking about storylines. I'm always I've always got something going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm always, even plotting children's books. Sometimes you have to have a villain. Mm. You know, the the fish king is is a villain steals mermaid hair and he's nefarious uh, in his own way but well he's he stole her hair so yeah that's not cool yeah did he, did he scalp her or just take uh, the hair i haven't decided i think i'm that's gonna have it because book. it's a kid's book i think i'm just gonna have it pop off like a wig okay and then he can try it on like a wig and, and then they can get it back in my heart he'll have scalped her though Yes. Well, <laughs> look up Blobfish after this, and then you'll see okay, what I'm working with. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm always plotting. I'm always thinking. Mm-hmm. I never stop thinking. Um, so so why, I think that's why? one of the basics of that's being one of the a, basics Slytherin. Of a Slytherin. Yeah. But why do you want him to die? Okay. Well, he was the last Horcrux. So explain for those of us who don't know what is a Horcrux. So it's is a, a Horcrux or Horcrux. I always said Horcrux. I don't know. There's an X at the end. Is it silent? I, I, I'm going with my French and going silent, so oui. I don't know. Deal. <laughs> but um, someone can correct us later on Josh's website, not mm-hmm. mine. Yep. Feel free. <laughs> Please at Josh, not me. Yep. Um, but yeah, so since it's a piece of your soul when you do dark magic, yeah. and that piece of Voldemort's soul was in Harry, and mm-hmm. Harry never actually killed it, he just let it live there, mm-hmm. uh, I really thought he should have died to Mm -hmm. kill voldemort totally so what that tells me is that number one 
she wasn't comfortable with killing her main character like she should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tris died in Divergent. You think she wanted to leave it open for a sequel? I do. That's exactly what my mm. next thing was is, you know, Tris can die in Divergent. That's fine. She should have. She sacrificed herself. Mm-hmm. Harry should have sacrificed himself and died in Harry Potter. But, but he, he made he her didn't. billion dollars. It's hard he, to kill him. I, well, he didn't. And... That piece of Voldemort is still alive. And what's going to happen? Maybe she'll write a sequel series mm. with Voldemort coming back. Yeah. And that's why I think she did it, so that she could write it coming back. However, Gryffindor or not, Neville is my hero. Or maybe somebody else could steal it. and Well, and, and do things. And do yeah, because plots. it's not, um, that piece of his soul is not strong enough to do anything on its own. It's going to, mm-hmm. something's going to have to happen. But, yeah. and I don't know, she's probably not even working on a sequel. She's probably still got lots of money to. I pal around she, I with. I think she still has a little bit left. Think so? She made a billion dollars with that series. Yeah. A billion. Uh, it depends on what she's spending it on, though. So that's the thing. Nobody can spend a billion dollars. I don't know. I've seen Brewster's Millions. You can come close. No. <laughs> he had a million dollars to spend, I thought. Right? Uh, a couple. It was several million. It was million. like yeah. 10 million or something. A, a mi- yeah. It was millions. But a billion dollars is a thousand million dollars. <laughs> I know. That's a lot of money. You can give it away, though. Is she giving it away? I don't oh, know if she's not, a philanthropist. No. no? No, I don't. Probably not. No? You don't think so? Maybe a little bit. But she's probably still got a lot of money. But sure. you also have to think maybe where she was when she wrote that so that she could write a sequel. Mm-hmm. She's not in that place anymore. Right. Because if you think about your own work, what have you started that you've not finished because you're just not in the right place anymore to finish it? Mm-hmm. Or because the characters aren't speaking to you anymore? Mm-hmm. Or... Uh, because it doesn't interest you anymore, right. you know. Yeah. So maybe the muse is not Voldemort there. coming yeah. back doesn't interest her, mm-hmm. which is fine. Except I do not like the way it ended. I I think Harry should have died, and Neville should have been the one to save the day because I think Neville was the chosen one to begin with. Yeah, and then it was a fluke that it, everybody thought it was Harry. It was a fluke. Yes, because Neville is awesome, more <laughs> awesomer than Harry. More awesomer, and that's awesomer. a word. It is. You're a writer. Awesomer yeah. is a word. When you're a kids book writer, you can make up all the words you want. So, one last thing before we end it. Um, We need to talk about Sphinx Cats. Yes. So, (laughs) why do you like Sphinx Cats? I have to say, so Sphinx Cats are the ones that are totally hairless. Yeah, they're the naked cats. They look like a worm with arms. (laughs) Oh, they're so much cuter than that. They creep me out. (laughs) And I have... I'm allergic to cats, so they're the only cat I could probably actually have. You probably have, have, yeah. But I would never, because they look like little demon worms to me. I think like they're adorable, mm-hmm. and I would like to put sweaters and mittens on them. <laughs> um, sweaters and mittens. Uh, yes. Because they look cold. Well, they do look cold, they but I'm also cold. always cold, so I'm always in a sweater. Yeah. Wish I would have had you some are wearing mittens a sweatshirt today. Right yeah, I'm wearing my Bucky sweatshirt today. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but I th- I just think they're cute. Yeah. Especially in little sweaters, and I just want to snuggle with them. I mean, I love all cats. <laughs> Cats don't really like to snuggle, though. No, they don't. Uh, Some I do, do love most animals. They will sleep but... on you. Like, yeah. Like a lot of them they will, will get onto you. you and smother your face for mm-hmm. warmth. Yeah. yeah. Really, you're just a bed to them, though. Yes. It's not affection. A, f- a feeding thing. A yeah. feeding robot. You are their pet. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I do think the Sphinx cats are cute. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. If anybody has any, at Josh, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Yeah, let me know. Yeah. And you can always check me out at www.joshuaskirtu.com. And 
why don't you give us a little plug? Like, how can people get into contact with you, find your books and all that? Sure. So I'm at jessicamatthewsbooks.com, and that's M-A-T-H-E-W-S. Spell it the correct way. One T. That's a big thing in our family that we joke about. did you not reserve the other URL? (laughs) I did not. You should. (laughs) You should. So it just redirects to your website. Yeah, I could do that. It's $10 Um, a year. Yeah, I should probably do that. Um, So that's my website. There's a contact me page. I'm also... My email is jessica.pirateprincess at gmail.com. Nice. Oh, that's my work email. Mm-hmm. Then you can send things to. And I'm open for school visits, visits to preschools, um, nursing homes, hospitals, any place that anybody feels like uh, they would benefit from me coming out and doing mm-hmm. a talk or having a little pirate party or some other kind of party. Nice. So, and uh, look out on the website. Since the Lazy Vampire just dropped, we're mm-hmm. going to have a lazy pajama party um, <laughs> sometime this month. So nice. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Maybe I'll make it. Yeah, I'll send you a postcard. You should send me a postcard. <laughs> Although I don't wear pajamas, so. Well, it's we'll also kid friendly pajamas, so yeah. you have to make sure. I'll just wear jeans. You're wearing actual. <laughs> pajama pants yes yes no i'm not gonna just show up in boxers <laughs> and a white feeder no, no, my grandpa used to sleep in his underwear so. yeah that's what i do yeah <laughs> yeah i'll just yeah. that's funny okay well thank you for yeah, being thanks here thanks for having me yeah this was fun and this has been the hellheim podcast uh i'm joshua skirtu hope you have a good day bye <laughs>